It's your 20. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for bookstores, cool chatbots, and the explosive relationships you'll only find in. You've got mail. Well, rev up your modems. Or an earful of you've got mail. The Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Fans of cinema. Cyber. Will find much like. That is, if you're not some no good. Superstore. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little internet protocol. And we'll even have a something for your inbox. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of An Earful of You've Got Mail. I'm Alan. Hello there, Kirby Ockles here. And we're going to analyze today the 16th, 16th, 17th, 17th, 16th, 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 five minutes. I don't think that's correct. That's 100%. I'm looking at a file that says contact for 16. I think you're playing the wrong contact. You, no, that's the one you uploaded today. So you, you named the contact file incorrectly is my, is my guess. Uh, Well, worse things. It's yeah. What do you what are you I gonna do? Think you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> we'll fi- you know what? We'll find out at the end of the show. And you know what? You are right, and I am wrong. I have the wrong contact info downloaded. I'm glad we debugged that at the start of the show. Um, it's a great, great step to start <laughs> off with. Is debugging something that will pay off in about uh, 115 minutes. Wow, that was. I mean, what luck? What luck? Uh, we, you know, flawless execution. Otherwise, there's a but. lot of redundancy baked into the earful product, <laughs> uh, and this is a big example. Uh, hello there. Uh, this is an earful of you've got mail, and I am very confident in saying this is the 17th five minutes of the movie You've Got Mail, the 1998 uh, blockbuster hit, The Summer. What's Pop up, Burn I'm Club. Diego? Oh, yeah, we have a guest. <laughs> All right, so we've got yeah, so we've got a live guest. Uh, this this guest has been begging to be on the show since pre-COVID, uh, and we finally made it happen. Um, you know, it's it's tough these days because you know we're uh, the earful product. We are connected through a series of USB uh, buses. It's all very uh, you know it's modern technology, but we're we realize that we can use the internet to actually. This isn't my real voice. We can connect more people via the internet, and this is uh, Diego is now using Wire Club uh, and uh, Texas Speech, and now we're talking to him. Yeah, so the thought was, you know, we, we don't have the technology here at home and then home the home earful studio to do the normal phone bridge or to have, you know, an outer studio where we have guests come in like we normally do. So we thought we would make uh, take advantage of the technology we have. Use the magic of text-to-speech. I, I was um, reading some, like, uh, the technology of the future. People say by 2040, we'll have, like, video telephones. Wow. I do want the audience to know I am making Mapo Tofu for dinner at the same time. We're getting all the details what in a wonderful real time. World. Yeah. Now, the best part about this is if you're familiar with the way we do this, we're hanging out in Wire Club 30s chat, which, interestingly, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you talking about the uh, the, the, the <laughs> argument earlier? <laughs> <For> some... 
What, what, what's so funny? For some... <laughs> Calm down. Oh, no. Oh, what a professional start. So, the problem... So, for some... <laughs> what the hell is happening? <laughs> you are... <laughs> I can guarantee there's nothing that funny happening right you now. You wouldn't think so. The URL in my browser says... <laughs> says, um, wellsfargo.com. What? I don't know. My, my Chrome says wellsfargo.com, and then the website is Wire Club. Well, that's that's corporate synergy for you. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's got a... <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, I don't, don't think it was that funny. That so, it wasn't that funny, but I found it pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Wireclub.com is a great uh, chat room. Alan is right to laugh. This does sound hilariously bad. It's not great radio. Uh, no, we are, not really. We are, we are actually, uh, last time we got some uh, listener feedback, we took a half hour to get to sync. We're going to be much quicker this time. Yeah, and that listener was us, just to be clear. Um, We're listeners as well, but uh, on that topic, uh, I have a theme song. Oh, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah? Yep. Right, here we are. It's time for cor- correct screw screws. This is news views news, feuds f- and screws. News views views and feuds and screws. Yes. Uh, so okay. as far as views, I have no new views. Nope. Uh, as far as uh, feuds, nothing new since last time. I've we've not gonna we've not got any response from uh, Terry. And we're waiting every day for that Megan Day apology. Well, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, I think it'll be maybe some more talk about feuds later in this episode. Okay. Uh, uh, screws, nothing, but I do provisionally have something I want to ask later in the show. Okay. So put a pin in that. Okay. Uh, and then news, uh, two pieces of news. Oh. Uh, one is uh, the website, uh, themoviespoiler.com. Uh, that had information on Convoy. Uh, we've learned that that information has been scrubbed from the internet. Uh, our, our spoilers of Convoy by... Was it Convoy 54? What was his, what was his name? Convoy 43? 43. That sounds more right. Well, yeah. uh, and it's it's off. It's not on the website anymore. Megan Day is as bad a writer as Greg Kinnear is ugly. Interpret that how you will. I disagree with that. I disagree offhand. Uh... I, I don't think that's accurate. Uh, one more piece of news. I want to talk about this a little bit later. Uh, I visited Barnes and Noble. Uh, uh, in the in the flesh. Yeah, actually, wow. yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, did you get COVID there? Uh, I was I was double masked. Oh, well done. Um, okay, good. That's that's some good news. Uh, and, and of course, the other news we kind of spoiled it, but we have a guest on the show today, Diego, who will be chiming in occasionally. Yeah. Uh, 
and any more information we need to introduce Diego, or is that does he speak for himself? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, if he wants to introduce himself via the mechanisms he has available to him, I would say that's a thing he's yeah, allowed Diego, to Diego do. Diego should uh, take a, enough Joe Fox. Remember when he was chatting and he like typed in like a whole big paragraph? Uh, you can do that. I'm chopping garlic right now. <laughs> I live in Berkeley and can't stand small business owners who underpay their workers. That's my intro. This is like some weird form of uh, DJ performance art here, but... It's good. This is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, this this is podcast. Um, okay. This, this is a segment of podcast we call uh, You've Got Spoilers. Yeah, but first we have to identify our key line um, before we oh, get into spoilers. Uh, gr- excellent point. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, I just want to ruminate in that for like a second, <laughs> you know? Just maybe take like a few seconds just to kind of like, uh, just, I mean, I already have mine picked. <laughs> I mean... I, I mean I imagine, staring, I imagine you have yours picked, right? I, yeah, I'm staring at three different key lines, and I'm just trying to. Well, I'd say in this time, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You should. Uh, I'd say you should actually, uh, in the time that I'm just sitting here ready, you should uh, go down to one instead of three. Um. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm thinking. I'm debating. I've got one kind of funny one, and then two more serious ones here. So. Um. Yeah. Could be any of the three. Could um, be any of the three. Okay. Yeah. I. 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 I've. I'm. I'm ready. I imagine you're ready. Uh. I am. Um. I am. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. So, uh, Keyline Pie. This is the key line that kind of like unpacks these five minutes. Let you know what to expect. The kind of thematically rich line. Uh. So, without further ado. Uh, three. 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 Two. two one. one. You don't need all that. I know. I know. I can't but we're help myself. So right for each other. Yeah, but okay. we're so right for each other. Thought it was kind of funny. We're, we're pretty close. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my backup lines. Um, we've got there is the dream of someone else. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about that. A sure. Bit. And then I have one other backup line, which is why don't we bomb Fox Books? That was my second backup <laughs> line. It's a good one. It it's is. a good one. It is. All right, uh, we are now going to um, talk about the setup. Talk about the setup. Uh, no, we're going to go and spoil these five minutes of the movie You've Got Mail. Okay, uh, so this is, we have uh, our spoilers from our friendly optometrist. Uh, without further ado, let me just read into this. Uh, they go to watch a movie and have a huge argument, due to which Kathleen walks out of the cinema. Frank follows her and takes her out to dinner to talk where they both confess that they don't love each other, even though they are both very compatible and part on very good terms as Frank takes his things and moves... They are good terms. Yeah, they're lovely people. Um, Frank takes his things and moves back into his own apartment. Kathleen's business starts to go under. I would say it actually it started. Been, go, yeah, that, that's not a new not a new phenomenon I, there. I think, yeah. I think it ended to go under. Yeah. Uh, People prefer shopping for books at Fox Books because of the discounts that they offer, due to which all of Kathleen's clientele decided to go to Fox Books. 
a writer that was to hold her book signing at the shop around the corner lies to Kathleen and instead what, what is this this happened like 40 minutes ago instead does her book signing at Fox Books which turns out to be even worse for business eventually everyone working at the store realizes that they would have to close the shop with heavy hearts everyone decides to move on with their lives seeking new jobs Kathleen holds a sale to sell everything at her store before closing it down. One of her employees gets a job at the children's department's of Fox bookstore. After she closes down her shop for the last wow, time, weird, very weird time inversions here. Just it's, all, I, yeah. yeah, it's odd. You know, it's hard, so hard to find good help these days. Uh, closed down her shop for the last time, Kathleen roams around New York, feeling depressed, and ends up at the children's section of Fox bookstore. While sitting there, and I'll cut off there. Okay. Not all, not there. everything happened in these five minutes I mentioned. Not you mean? What do you I mean, mean? You mean more well, happened in these five minutes than you just talked about? What or? I just talked about, like some of this stuff oh, happened sure. earlier, some yes. happened later. Yeah, I know. It's a weird, again, weird inversions of of sequencing, but that's that's what you get, and that, that has been. You uh, you've got spoilers. All right. Okay. Quick um, setup. Quick, quick, what, you want a quick setup hit? Yeah, quick setup hit, because there's actually one interesting piece of news. Okay, what's the interesting piece of news? Uh, Last episode, we had technical issues based on the fact that we removed the USB hub I was plugged into. Oh, was that that was no, the last it was US, episode? Wow, it was the USB yeah. hub you were plugged into? Excuse it, well, me. Well, there were all sorts. Of, we we I thought it would be good to reduce the number of USB hubs involved, and you did that. <laughs> and as you listen, you'll hear I cut out repeatedly, <laughs> which, as it turns out, USB hubs really helpful if you have janky USB <laughs> setups. You want as many hubs as you can get. Uh, I mean, as they say, uh, you know, recording podcasts two USB hubs during the clear. Yeah. One yep. USB clubs never one USB club never no, sicker. Yes, no good for you. Um yeah, so so we right. So we we're back to our our old setup uh now where we've got a hub on each end and a long cable connecting them and somehow that works. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, it's uh it's magical. So and then of course we've got the new element uh which we already mentioned multiple times but we'll say one more time. We're in the Wire Club chat also known as wellsfargo.com. We're always there. We're always there. And if you uh, want to join us, you can't anymore because... It's just the two of us, plus Diego, happened. plus Blue863. Blue863. My favorite part of this whole thing is Diego's going to be talking to us, but p- other people in 30s chat are going to think Diego's talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> no one no one knows what's going on in uh, at Wire Club. Um, all right. Um, and any other setup stuff? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, all right. So let's see. Um, we have the sink. Uh, I think we're at the sink. See, that was the, yeah, we we're, we're, we are nothing if not responsive to our own feedback, which is let's immediately get into what everyone cares about, which is watching these five minutes of, of, uh, the movie you've got. People love the movie. Yeah. So if you've got your... You've got mail at home. You're going to grab the 17th five minutes. I misspoke earlier. 17th five minutes. It starts with Greg Kinnear just kind of just kind of laying back in his movie seat with like a really I, pained. I, I, it looks like he's like ululating. He's got, yeah. his, like, he's got his tongue uh, bu- bu- like uh, tucked below his front teeth. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's having like the, the, the clicking sounds. He's having, having a little. Yeah, he's a little a little disturbed. 
Um, yeah, it's like the uh, cover to the Disturbed album. Like the exactly, yes. Uh, so you're gonna grab that. You're gonna grab the the 17th five minutes. You're gonna loop it, lock it, and you are just going to prepare to. Uh, Greg Kinnear is basically a proto David Brooks here, but with age appropriate partnership preferences. It's, I mean, I would say. He's he's less of an interesting kind of mod conservative, and he's more of like a Megan Day type to me. Like he's more of just like a really crunchy, annoying uh, lefty. That's my take. All right, let's get into it. We, you are gonna loop it, lock it, get ready to play it together with us, and we're going to start counting it down uh, right right now. Right so, now. Right now. Right now. Okay. Uh, um, without further ado, uh, five. Five, four, four three, three, two, two one, four, four, four. Oh, wait, wait, wait. actually, let me get kills. Is Diego ready for the sink? Well, he's going to have to be. Well, he, three, he, two. he said we're going to give him instructions. So when we get to, okay, he says yes. Well, I don't know what he said yet. Well, yes. Okay. He says yes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so let's start this over again. Uh, so when we get down past uh, five to all the way to zero, on zero, you, you press sink. Yes. Press the sync button. Okay. Five, five, five four, three, two, one, four, four, three, two, one, three, three, two, one, two, two, one, and play. Oh, yeah. Nice. Great sync. Uh, it's an okay sync. I'm, I'm a little bit ahead, I think. But I'll adjust, and the, and Diego's gonna have to adjust too. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you, I don't life. think you can depend upon a perfect sync. I think you've got a that's a an, the exercise left to the listener is, Look, is adjusting on the fly, just kind of. That's correct. Uh, you know, actually, get it, get it fully together. One one thing I want to mention is uh, Diego. Uh, where the okay. What? What? Uh, I, I'm just saying. Where Diego. the heck are why who guys in this? <laughs> Uh, we're starting the movie right now with the sink, Diego. Great question. Um, uh, Diego, I don't know if he's ever watched this before, but he did screen this uh, a few months ago and had tweeted about it. Hmm. Uh, but in the time since he did that, uh, since the time he did that, uh, he deleted all his tweets. I believe because he didn't want to get Jesus fired. Christ, you guys are bad at sinking. Sounds like we're great at sinking, and Diego is bad at sinking. Yeah, I think two two of us have got have synced correctly here. Uh, yeah, I think if if you have two people in a, uh, that are synced perfectly, and one person who's just hapless, I think we know where to point the finger. I will say I'm not synced perfectly right now, and I'm scrubbing around trying to get it trying to get it to sync. Well, you're working at it. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, I got pretty close. I don't think that. Uh, so I mean, I th- I I believe Diego has actually deleted all his tweets about his yoga mail screening, uh, but he, mostly he talked about how Kathleen Kelly is awful. I live streamed this movie after I purged my old tweets, so they should still be up. I'm not sure that's true. I think I looked for them, and I think they're all deleted. Um. Okay. So let's. So we're gonna analyze these five minutes. Sure. There are a few different parts of them. No. I would call them scenes. The, yeah, you call them parts, you call them scenes, you call them segments, you call them uh, time codes. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So we've got the f- conclusion of movie theater. Yeah, so there's a very short scene <laughs> which they have literally one sentence at a movie theater. Okay. Uh, and then there is a... Uh, 
I would call that scene uh, scene one. Sure. It's a small scene, but it's a scene. I agree. Uh, then there is scene two, where there's a restaurant. Uh, someone calls well, a breakup. Well, wait, hold on. They, they, they're walking on. Are you counting the walking on the street as part of? I think that's. I think it's a subset of of the of the breakup. Or unless you want to call this all the breakup sequence, which um, would also say there's there's four parts. Yeah, let's I mean, I guess okay, the, the dialogue be, does be, kind of run together between those two. Let's be fussy. Let's be fussy. There are four strict scenes. There is movie theater, there is sidewalk, there is restaurant, and there is Greg Kinnear leaving with a type typewriter. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I would call those I would call those actually two scenes. One being uh, the movie theater and the three others go together, but we can go at four scenes. Wanna call it four scenes? I, w- I will I'm okay with calling it four scenes. Let's yeah. call it four scenes. Okay, we have Four scenes to begin with. Then we have scene five, which is the fire sale. And uh, um, and then finally we have uh, Fox Books. Yeah, which uh, we have. If you want to be fussy again, we have uh, Kathleen exterior and then Kathleen interior. Sure, and then Joe Fox interior. One well, that's, that's brief. No, that's the same scene. I, I, know, I know. I would call a Kathleen on the city, uh, aka Kathleen Kelly on the prowl. Cat, cat on the prowl. Cat on the prowl. Uh, yep. I would call that one scene. Okay. So, which, to me, would mean that we have a total of six scenes. Okay. Yeah, see, it's, I mean, it's a dense, for for being this, uh, I would say, light of a five minutes, <laughs> in terms of, um, certainly in terms of dialogue. Uh, it's a dialogue, it, yeah, it's light and dialogue. Light and dialogue, but that's okay. But uh, heavy on uh, motion. Heavy on scenes, heavy on motion. Uh, you know, and heavy on um, on musical cues. I appreciate that this movie shows how responsible adults can break up amicably, even if they are very unsympathetic adults in most other ways. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there, but I, I agree. You can always, re- I mean, I, I think ideally your comments would, would come uh, while this is being discussed, but, you know, you're, you're, that's a it's, good thing to say. I, these people in these chat rooms, that, you know, they can say whatever they want these it's days. Internet etiquette, baby. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. So, I'd like to talk about these six scenes uh, in order: one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's fair. I'm on board. Okay. All right. I forgive you. Yeah. Let's let's listen in. He's forgiven her. Look, this has been a big week. You're and then, closing. and she forgives the people in the in the audience. It's not that sure. Really, it's not. And then they talk on the street. Do you want to hear this? Yeah, yeah. Let's go through. Me. What? What was terrible? Jumping all over you when I'm the one. God, I don't even know how to say this. What is it? What? Okay, You're and then we can cut that. Wonderful there. person. Okay. Kathleen. We'll come back to then. Then they go to dinner, so we'll pick up dinner in a little bit. But uh, so yeah, so that's the end of the movie scene. We get some. Uh, we hear a welcome to movie phone. Yeah. So thing I mean, in the background. There, there is. But let's not get to that yet. My okay. first question to you is: He says, "I forgive you." My mm-hmm. question to you is: What does he forgive her for? He forgives her for not voting. Close in the Giuliani election. Close. Oh. He forgives her for getting manicures. He forgives her for getting manicures. Okay, is that? I, I guess I forget exactly what the last uh, 
Well, okay, so the actual line is, In the last mayoral election, when Rudy Giuliani was running against Ruth Messinger, I went to get a manicure and forgot to vote. He says, since when do you get manicures? Uh, she says, I suppose you could never be with a woman who got manicures. He says, never mind, it's okay, I forgive you. So it's for both uh, things. It's, 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 for, it's more for the voting than the manicures. Uh, I, I think it's connected. Okay. It's 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 not it's not just for voting. It's for sure. voting and getting manicures. Sure. Yeah. It's for it's for being her. It is, uh, which is unforgivable in my book. But uh, yeah. Uh, and there's kind of a sequence where like she gets up to leave, and it's supposed to be awkward because everyone is transfixed at the movie, and the lights are down. But as you mention, the audio is an ad for movie phone. Right. Yeah. I would also dump someone if they forgot to vote. That is super dumb. I mean, it's, it matters where we are. It's, it's, I think part of the idea is like a, a 1997 election. Uh, you know, the world was the world was pretty self. It was it was self running back then. You know, everything <laughs> was under control. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So so right. So everyone's transfixed by this movie phone, <laughs> which it makes me feel like it was actually filmed and written to be a movie, but they had trouble like getting audio or making it work and it made more sense to do trailers and ads. Yeah. Because they did the let's all go out to the lobby, which I think it, it's it's weird. I think they try to have it both ways. Well, but so a movie phone movie phone was somehow tied to AOL, wasn't it? Was it? I thought, I I mean, I'm looking up, yeah, AOL purchased movie phone in 1999. Oh, good, good purchase. But that's, I mean, that's after this movie. Interesting. Well, yeah, they probably saw this ad. It's like, this is good synergy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in 1999, AOL purchased Movie Phone for $388 million. The acquisition was completed on May 21st, 1999. Wow, that's... Uh, I Did you... Uh, offhand, did you ever use telephones to get movie showtimes? Uh, nope. I was so into... Because, okay, so here's a question. Uh, in, in the pre... Like, did you ever look for showtimes in the pre-internet age? Just no. Uh, I mean, in the pre-internet age, I was not in a position to be needing to find my own showtimes. That would have just, like, my parents would have been like, we're going to this movie. Did you, when was the first time you went to the movies without your parents? Uh, well, it's a good question. Well, I mean, there's, like, class trips and stuff like that. But well, I'd say, like, something that was, like, you were the prime impetus of, of um, watching it. I don't know. That's a hard one to trace. Uh, that's a hard one to trace down. I um, by the time I was like f- uh, fourteen or fifteen, I was watching movies pretty regularly. Yeah, that's probably I, about I, right. I, but I had just to can't get remember. dropped off though. I just can't remember what sort of movie because there's no transit <laughs> that took me there. Well, there you go. Uh, but the, the Friday newspaper, I was very excited. Every week they would show what was new at the Danbury Dollar Saver Cinema. At the, at the at the time, that was the Super Saver Cinema at the Forest Fair Mall. Uh, but was also great is the local oldie station would have a helpful like it was I, I guess it was like part of the service where you call in and they had all these different extensions, and part of the extensions were local showtimes and one was the Super Saver Cinema, and every week this guy would like record a minute and a half audio piece just talking about the showtimes coming up. <laughs> it was That's great. Fun. It was great. Like it was like uh, I, I really enjoyed listening to it every week. Wait, do you think this was a ploy to do a hostile takeover of movie phone? That's a really good point. Yeah, once they had once they had it in the movie, then they knew that you know, then they have they had the leverage they needed, so I used to look up movie times in the Washington Post. 
By the time I could go to to movies by myself, I looked it up online. Hmm. Well, it was. I think the Mark. Hey. Mark. My name is Hervey. Mark. The Hervey. Mark. What? What is going on? I don't know. He said Mark four times. So. Yeah. Hervey, please. Um. But, uh, yeah, I think they were trying to get a hostile takeover of uh, Barnes Noble, but that failed. They had to settle for movie phone. This would have been a good a good excuse to buy Barnes & Noble, yeah, and rename it Fox Books. <laughs> rename it You've Got Mail. Ooh, you've got, yeah. Uh, okay, so, do, actually, oh, we, we, oh, we just missed the dinner scene here. No, we'll um, do it next time. We just missed it. Uh, okay, but, okay so anything so, else? But the line outside on the street mm. Uh, it's like she's just like it's like uh, you know it's like okay well what, what what's up it's like do you understand why you're being rude and he's like actually I do understand and I feel really bad about it uh, I'm 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 like I'm bawling you out uh, because he says I'm the one like I'm the yes. one who's and the implication here is like fine I'm the one. great I'm the one who's being unfaithful is the implication here. Uh yeah oh right I mean or 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 I'm the one that's tearing you know I I'm the one to blame for tearing this relationship apart. Possibly it's 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 a weird line. I mean the actual lines is, uh I know I know that was really terrible of me. What what was terrible? Jumping all over you when I'm the one. God I don't even know how to say this. It yeah. makes it sound like it's a thing he did. Uh, well he's saying yeah he's saying, when I'm the one. When I'm the one who's... I mean, if the line is, I'm the one who fell out of love with you, I don't think that really makes sense. Kind of, or when, when I'm the one who's about to dump you, you know, essentially. Sure, um, yeah. This is like, he's... Well, you know, he's... When I'm he's, the one entering the dump zone. Well, it's, you know, this is like, he's creating the circumstances needed to uh, create a breakup, right? It's like, I could never be with someone who's not as interested in politics as I am. The breakup you know? catalyst has been struck. Yes, and then and he's and that's what he's apologizing for, right? So. Yeah, he has his, his, his personal, uh, you know, honor code. It's like if I ever have a significant other who has not voted in a local election, I will break up with her. He is night. just a whiny loser and wants sympathy. D a g u i l a r c a n a b a l. He's saying you should feel bad for me for breaking up with you. Paul Nichols, sixteen oh eight, left the room. D a g u i l a r c a n a b a l. What a dweeb. I think something worked out badly there, or or well. Either way, it we won't we won't be doing it that way again. It's kind of okay. Also, uh, R I P Paul Nichols, sixteen oh eight, person who is apparently uh, stop reading the username out. Four hundred thirteen years old. Uh, okay, <laughs> that was so, some quick math. That was okay. Um, and then so okay, so they 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 walk they do their walk and talk. Yeah, and then they enter a restaurant. Yes. I did not get any information or anything to work off of where this took place. Uh, yeah, did... it's kind of a generic, you know, the restaurant itself looks pretty generic. Uh, we do get, I mean, what I'm very excited about is we have a bevy of drinks to choose from for Drink of the App. Ooh, let's talk, let's talk more. Uh, let's just talk more so we... much selection. I mean, you know, you go to a restaurant. We, I we've mean, been in, uh, we said it over and over, we've been in a dry spell. Yeah, I know. Literally, there's been this, no drinks in this movie. It's called the uh, Thirsty Act Three. Yes. Um, and uh, and yeah, they talk it out at this restaurant. They got a nice window table. They got wine. We'll talk about that in a bit. 
uh, and they're you know they're prepared to uh, to talk it out. They are. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second, and then um, I mean the, the question. Okay, let's just talk before they even mention this. Are they perfect for each other? Well, so, yes or no. I mean, uh, I think this is a good question for Diego as hmm. well. I would personally say they are. Hmm. I would. I say just have a stout ready to drink. What are you guys drinking? Oh, that's actually a very good point. That's usually part of our setup. I'm drinking coffee. Uh, I'm drinking another A&W root beer. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wasn't quite the answer to the question you uh, you, you wanted, but... Sure. Uh, my question, Diego, is are Kathleen Kelly and uh, Frank Navasky perfect for each other? What's what's your answer to that? I say... Um, well, I, I wrote down uh, in my notes, um, first of all, the dream breakup. And then I wrote... Uh, Key lime pie, but they're but we're so right for each other. I said, are they so right for each other? And I think the answer is no. <laughs> this is, um, I mean, also this this clearly came after. I'm trying to remember. I believe this might be like episode one of season nine of 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 Seinfeld. It's when he briefly dates a woman played by Janine Garofalo, and they break up at the same time. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, let's let's play this. I I I, I yeah. I, let's go. Go okay, go. okay. I, I actually, okay. I think my so sink got bad. And I'm so honored that you would want to be with me because you would never be with anyone who wasn't truly worthy. I feel exactly the oh, same God. way no, no, about don't, don't, you. Don't, don't, don't say that. What? That, that makes it worse. What? You don't love me. Me either. You don't love me? No. But we're so right for each other. I know. I know. Oh. Well, is there some, is there someone else? Or? Oh, that woman on television, Sydney Ann. Uh, I mean, no, nothing has happened or anything. But oh, Frank, is she a Republican? I can't help myself. <laughs> what about you? Is is there someone else? No. No. But but there is the dream of someone else. And then we have the uh, bridge from. Harry Nelson re-entered the soundtrack. I noticed where our sync has gotten very messed up. I, I I was pressing volume up and I accidentally hit the go ahead a minute. So this actually I had to recover. Uh, so I'm this very is the sorry. problem with the with M player. Well, I would I, say they are perfect for each other because they both suck. I agree. That's actually exactly what I agree with. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But doesn't that also make? I mean, it's. I mean, it, I don't think it works where where it's it, you. It's not like two bads make a or what is it two it's two wrongs don't make a right. right? I think they do. Okay, all right. But Joe Fox is also a fairly unremarkable guy, so it's not a net loss for either party. I think Joe Joe Fox is kind of remarkable, but he's also just not a very good person. What does he mean by not being able to help himself? It sounds like he is already hit tenet. Well, okay, so the, that line is the weirdest line. We'll we'll, we'll get to that, but. Uh, 
Okay, I mean, the first thing is like like arranged marriages. Arranged yeah. marriages. It's like people find out who should be together. External parties. Uh, and a big line is it's like, do you seek out your partner through true love? No, uh, your community puts you together. And I would honestly say, in a smart, wise community, they would put Kathleen and Frank together. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's good. It's good containment. Good containment. And I think honestly, they like they don't love each other, but, but I they think they can live together. They can and, absolutely yeah. live together. Yeah, yeah, and they play off each other well and all that. So. They're functional. Yeah, you know, I think honestly, they're. Uh, it's. I, I think they they will lead to the greatest net happiness among people. Uh, the lines they say to each other. Uh, he he says you're wonderful, and she says I agree, you're wonderful. Uh, and should we take that at face value? Do we think they both think each other are actually wonderful people? In in a in kind of a um, sort of by, by their standards, yeah, like a general like yeah, you you are an impressive person, you know, I guess type of type of uh, arranged know. marriages are just for transferring property between feudal estates, I think. Yeah, that's why they're good. Uh, I mean, I, so he is a pundit hack, and she is uh, someone who failed to run her mom's bookstore well. They're perfect for each other. <laughs> uh, the second thing they say, this I'm going to get the exact line he says because it's pretty funny, is, and I'm so honored that you would be with me because you would never be with anyone who wasn't truly worthy. <laughs> Which is really funny. <laughs> it's, he's saying it's like, I am honored to be with you. Because, because I'm so great. <laughs> because I know that you're validating that I'm great. <laughs> and she, and uh, her, her response to that is, Look, uh, I feel exactly the same way. Like, they're <laughs> insufferable people. But uh, if dating apps are going to be the default from now on, they should be nationalized as a public utility just like the big tech companies. I, I mean, I think the post office is already in a good uh, grounding to be a dating app. Sure. Just like the That shopper. line about being truly worthy is actually savvy as heck. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that. Yeah, go to a first date, you know, just say it's like, I'm so honored you go on a first date with me because you're never going on a first date with someone who isn't truly worthy. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's let's talk about this dinner. Um, oh yeah, talk, talk the drinks. So yeah, so first of all, they're at a table with like a little lantern light, uh, which is which is kind of nice. That that's pretty rare. It doesn't happen much. It must be a nice restaurant. This restaurant is you know, run right on a corner. Uh, yeah, he, great great view of the street. A lot of people walking around. Uh, huge windows, beautiful. Oh, yeah, and they're right by the window, but they're turned away from the window. Uh, well, uh, Frank is. Kathleen can see out the window. I don't think so. She out of the corner of her eye. And do you notice what is right directly behind Kathleen on the wall? Uh, there's a clipping from New York Woman. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not look up to see what the details of New York Woman is, but I'm sure they gave a great review to this restaurant. I, I didn't either, but I just like the idea that throughout this whole exchange, Kathleen has a, like a, this all caps label on her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an epaulette that she has on. This New York woman. Yeah, yeah she is. Um, no. So. Uh, hey, okay. you missed the line about utopian society. Well, uh, can't go back now. Yeah, can't go back uh, now. So, um, uh, and then, okay, so on the table, we have uh, roughly four beverages. 
Uh, tell us. Guide us through. Okay. Kathleen is drinking white wine. Although, there is a point where Kathleen holds up the her, her glass, right? Um, and weirdly, at that point, it looks like it's got like an orange peel or something in it. it yeah, I, I was kind of confused by that. Yeah, which maybe is their water glass? It's hard. It's, it's is it possible weird... one is a wine cocktail? So that's also what I thought might be the case. But you look at the white wine before she picks it up, and it looks just like a normal glass of white wine. It doesn't look like it's got anything in it. What's, what's your stance on white wine cocktails? Oh, I think they're good. Like what? What's 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 a good go-to? Well, I mean, I, I like the you know if you go in the more like sparkling white wine cocktail, right? So you go like a you know an aperol spritz type of thing, or you know, mm. yeah, something you're you're putting, uh, you know. But like I th- a, I, th- I think if there's a peel, I think it's probably a cocktail. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I I agree. I'm not sure that's a peel. I think it, we we need to look closely, but and I did. I think it might just be the reflection of the light. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. The, the, I'm looking at the script right now. The script says they're at a Columbus Avenue restaurant, and oh. it says we see Kathleen and Frank being served drinks in a glassed-in extension of a restaurant. Okay. All right. So, I was gonna guess a dressed-up Aperol spritz. Aperol spritz. Yeah. That's is when when she's holding it. If that was all I was going on, I'd say 100% Aperol spritz or some sort of other you know wine-based cocktail, right? Okay. Um, while it's on the table. I thought it was just a glass of white wine. So Interesting. And then Frank has his own glass of red wine. Uh, Interesting. Not in a very good glass for drinking red wine. Uh, it is in a very sort of like... Bunch of cracks in it? Yeah. No, it's just a very... There's just not much... Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's not a very uh, wide glass. You couldn't really get your nose into it. It's it's a pretty shallow... It's a pretty small nose, though. Uh, sure, that's true. Maybe it works for him. Like if it's be like French guy, he's a big like French schnoz. You know, you have to have like a. <laughs> they gave him the, uh, the, the 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 American nose glass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, it's more of like a table wine type glass, but that's fine. That you know, it looks nice. And then they both have water, I think, or maybe Kathleen's water has an orange peel in it. I don't know. This is it's a complex situation. We will definitely keep track of what's going on there uh, throughout the rest of the show. And let you know as as it uh, as it develops. Yeah, so it's, it's society is complicated and drinks are complicated. You know, that's the modern world. Uh, I know, I know. Do uh, you know if Aperol Spritz was popular among anyone in the '90s, other than insufferable people like this? I don't. I mean, I would say. I, I mean, I don't see the relevance because they are insufferable people. So, I, I think. Th- well, so I mean, I, I mean, I I'm sure it was popular in the '90s. Um, Look, this has been a big week. It's a good, like, I mean, it's a... It's, I think it's a good drink. I mean, I, mean, I would it's, say it's, it's, it's refreshing. It's in the age of Zima. It's what? Oh, it, it, ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be so great for drinking Zima right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's, it, you know, it's it's like a... It's not too sweet. You know, it's actually like... I'm not sure I've ever had one. Well-balanced. Well, nowadays, some people who drink it aren't insufferable. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I think yeah, people... I, I think it's actually 100%. <laughs> but yeah. I wonder if that changed over time. No, absolutely no, uh, not. Yeah, no, probably not. Okay. Um, so then we get the exactly one of the key lines here. Don't say that. There don't is the that. dream of someone else. Well, no, you're getting away here. I'm not getting ahead of myself. So the line is, 
I know you would never be with someone who's not truly worthy. Yeah, we talked about that. I said, I feel the same way. He says, don't say that. You're making it worse. Me either. She says, what? You don't love me? You don't love me. And then there's a line where he kind of like, he mugs the camera. And then it's like, no. Me either. Uh, uh, Okay, so then she says, okay, is it, are you, is it that woman on television? Sydney Ann? Uh, Sydney Sydney Ann Strongen? Nothing has happened. Ooh, okay. I can't help myself. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Okay. In the script, in the script, uh, Frank says nothing's happened or anything. Kathleen responds, I think she's a Republican. Frank says, I can't help myself. Kathleen pats him. That's the line from the, uh, from the script. There's nothing about it kind of no, like, laughing, no anything. Huh. It makes it sound like it's just a straightforward, I think that Sidney Ann Strongin is a Republican, and he says, I can't help myself, just saying, like, I've actually fallen in love with her, etc. Um, but in the actual line, uh, nothing is happening or anything. She says, oh, Frank, is she a Republican? I take this one... Do you think Sydney Ann from Singer on Screen is a Republican? I would say no. She's I would say heavily classed as being left wing. Well, she's certainly hosting a talk show that appears to lean in that direction. Yeah, she's a, she's a community yeah. <laughs> she's a community <laughs> television host. I'd say honestly, she's very NPR coded. She yeah, that's, like, exactly, that's what I was getting. Yeah, so yeah. I, I would that yeah. line about being truly worthy is actually more insane. The more I think about it, it's a great line. It's a wonderful line. Oh yeah. But uh, so I, but I would say the line saying that she is Republican doesn't make sense. And Kathleen, I think, instead says, "Oh, Frank, is she a Republican?" I think is her joking that like Frank was like uh, negging her for not voting in 1997, and now she's like saying, like, "Oh, are you going to move forward?" She might be Republican. <laughs> Sometimes people with bad politics are irresistibly attractive. Maybe that's what he means. I think that's the straightforward meaning, but, but his like his line on top of that, he takes her joke and says, "Not, I can't help myself." There's no shame, and so he says, "I can't help myself." <laughs> it's a it's, great delivery. I, I, well, this entire scene. Let's be very clear. There is so much charisma between both Meg Ryan and Greg Kinnear. They sell these lines incredibly well, especially that awkward line. Yeah. Well, it is. It, it's a really. It is a fun scenario to play. It's a fun scenario to imagine. I mean, the, the whole thing of like two, you know, the two people mutually realizing that they're not right for each other and then laughing about it is a very satisfying thing. Which and is, I, I think stolen from Seinfeld, but yes, sure, yeah. And I think they, I think they probably enjoyed acting. You know, in that capacity, and uh, and we enjoy watching it. So, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So here is the one change in the script, which I think is incredible. Uh, your key line: uh, Is there someone else? She says, "No, no," but there is the dream of someone else. Sure. Uh, let's talk about this first. I the- appreciate the honesty. Let's be real here. Yeah, I do. It's it's great. Uh, my question to you is: Is she in love with NY one five two? Because I'll just let you answer first. Well, so let's see. So at this point, there's the dream of someone else. She is saying, "I don't." I think the someone else here is abstract and not saying the dream of 
NY152. No, 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 no. But I think she is saying there is a chance that NY152 will manifest into the someone else. But she does not know that for sure. And so she is currently dreaming that perhaps that will develop into something real. But that is that is not its current state. As far as what I'm feeling right now, I feel there is like zero I'm love. I'm feeling great. I, there is no love between uh, Shop Girl and NY152. Their their relationship has become increasingly transactional. Mm. Uh, insofar as she's mostly asked for business advice, and then he flakes out and gives a really weird response. <laughs> like honestly, I think like it's more like, oh yeah, this was some weirdo I talked online. Things worked out badly. It's okay. Like it's, I yeah. don't think things are good between them. Uh, I think that's true, but I still think she can dream. Well, I think that's all she has is dreams. Exactly. But okay, I'm going to blow dreams. you away. What? I'm going to blow you away. Okay, blow me away. This is, I think, one of the funniest things is in the original screenplay. Uh, this is, I'd say, I've, every time I mention they changed a line, it's better. This is probably the biggest single change as far as it removing an absolute dog lay, of a lay line. Lay it on me. Frank, how about you? Is there someone else? Kathleen. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm talking over. Yeah, you lines. got it. You're doing great, Kathleen. Oh, somewhere out there, I'm sure. Somewhere. Uh, action line. She throws up her hands in cyberspace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, okay. She's definitely got a. There's something in her drink. It's an Aperol spritz or something like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. That is so good. Oh, somewhere out there, I'm sure. Somewhere. In cyberspace. <laughs> How random is that? Why? Well, so she could probably, in a Meg Ryan sort of way, she could probably play that she would have as to, a... She would have to crack up as saying it. Yeah, that's it, such it a would, stupid line. Right. Say it as, as, I don't literally mean cyberspace. I mean, like, as if I'm saying somewhere out there in the universe or whatever. Somewhere out there in the cyberspace, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? I mean, okay, you sold she'd, it. Yeah, she'd I figure get out the feeling play. Frank and Kathleen would both be trying to do historic preservation on this restaurant to block affordable housing in the next decade or so. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's that's the subtext of this whole thing. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that. We'll just talk about later. Uh, I even have a, I have an affordable housing update about uh, bookstores uh, coming up sure, soon. Sure, yeah. Uh, but great, great line. Oh, very good. Well, okay, that's a good that's a good change. Although I would have enjoyed seeing how. I mean, I, w- I would absolutely. I would want to see her saying that. I, I think. I mean, it, I wonder if they filmed it with her saying that and then realized like this is not going to work. I, maybe it's it's within the <laughs> wrong possibility. Uh, okay, so then there's the scene four. Uh, quickly, Frank leaves. It's implied that night. Uh, yeah, which yeah. They, they don't they don't live together. No, so he's just got some stuff at her place. He just but, leaves typewriters. But at they're her place. in they're in a pretty long term relationship, and and you yeah, know, I mean, so he like, probably has a lot of kind of books, probably like uh, different like toiletries, yep, clothes. Yep. Like, and here's the thing too. Is there a rush? Like, this is like, oh, in the next couple of weeks, get your stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you normally, I mean, you know, you want to keep it pretty clean. You want, you don't want, you know, but I mean, given they're both <laughs> very done with this thing, I, then, yeah, I mean, it probably doesn't matter too much whether there's a rush or not. Um, I mean, they are living apart in a relationship, which is if you are an ex living apart who also has a few things at their place, that isn't, like... 
that doesn't need to be resolved immediately. Like, you don't want to have it around hanging for years or something. Yeah. Well, no, especially given the circumstances here. Um, yeah. So, uh, the... No, that's true, but I think it's more effective to have him have him just out, out. And I, then... I, I would like to believe that Frank believes that he needs to have access to all his typewriters. So he, like, was very neurotic, like, I need this typewriter back tonight. <laughs> I kind of doubt they have very many important belongings in general. A lot of, lot of hate coming from the from the chat for the for the main characters here. The Kathleen Hate Squad. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so... Um, any, anything else from Well, no, four? I really, really like the shot with Frank carrying his typewriter down the steps. It's, it's good. It's, it's, real, it's, it's subtle. I don't think I even noticed it the first time that specifically that he was carrying the typewriter that you know he made such a big deal about Does earlier he, like and he goes into the taxi the taxi he already has stuff in the back seat yeah i had a question here which is it, like will a cab wait for you while you load up all your possessions into the back of it? i i mean i'm not a cab user but i believe they do have like a mode to say like i'm gonna keep the 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 the, the ticker running yeah so, so i think i'm it's, sorry i thought we were supposed to hate them well, we're all we're we're able to do a difference. I think uh, your uh, Diego's hate is more uh, is more uh, you know just focused and and virulent than the rest of us. So yeah, so I think I mean yeah, certainly you could say like, hey, keep the meter running. I need to load up some stuff, uh, and that's that's probably. I mean, they probably don't mind that. They're they're not they're not using gas. But they are getting, uh, you know, paid. So I think. I mean, I think that's one of the main like uses of a cab is to keep the meter running like that. Yeah. Uh, so which is like you can do it by the mile or by the minute. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I guess you know. Yeah. How how else are you gonna do it? Um, uh, uh, you know, get a zip car. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, that's the that is the Frank moving out scene. Very good. Is there is there another typewriter in the back seat? I'm trying to remember if. Well, so he says he has two, but that could mean he bought one to have one to keep at Kathleen's place, and then another to keep at his place. Well, that was of that one model. I'm pretty sure there's many models. Oh sure, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it's just a cab full of typewriters. <laughs> It's just. God. I mean, that, I, that would have been a bit too broad, but it'd be a pretty good. That'd gag. be a fun gag. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, fire sale, baby. Fire sale. Scene five. Scene the fifth. Uh, so we've got. Uh, we, yeah, we've got. We're at. We're at the shop around the corner, and the shop is closing. Everything is on deep discount, and customers are pouring in. Did you read the sign out front? I did. I wrote down all of the signs out front. The major sign. A lot of the signs are old. I. Uh, well, okay. But tell us more about the signs. Okay. Well, let's let's listen in first. So we've got we've, here, Frank is walking down the steps. He's got the typewriter. typewriter deposited in the taxi cab. You cannot. It's difficult to see if there's another typewriter. I think there might be. Oh, it's, I, it's, it's at least it's, one big box. Quite possible. All right, and then here we are in the next scene. We uh, crane up. We see some trees. Woman with a beanbag full of, of gear. This is a tragedy. These chairs for sale? Anything not nailed down? Ten dollars. It's yours. Ten dollars. What are you gonna it's do yours. Now? I don't know. I think I'll take some time. You know, I'm always looking forward to it. Well, good luck to you. I came here every Saturday when I was a little girl, and I remember when your mother gave me Anne of Green Gables. 
read it with a box of Kleenex. She said that's what she told me. Could someone help me? She's looking down on you right now. I'm sure she is. Why don't we bomb Fox Books? Why don't we bomb Fox <laughs> Okay, there we go. All right. There you go. There um, you go. She could have just discounted stuff before. This is an obvious sign that her books were overpriced. Well, her, we know her books were overpriced. I mean, you have it, to have you have to have an amazingly high margin to make this bookstore run, and uh, it's 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 not a good model. Imagine losing your business and your job, and your fallback plan is to just chill for a bit. Have we established how Kathleen managed to be independently wealthy? Uh, basically, I mean, her mother left her the store, and I assume money, and I think I think she uh, it's possibly she, the deed to the land under the store. We don't know. I do not think she's liquidating to pay off her creditors. I think she's liquidating in order to have a nest egg to take it easy for a bit. Right. That was my that was my big question for this scene. Is is all of this money they're raking in right now going to be a net positive for Kathleen or not? I mean, I imagine she has some credit line she needs to kind of do out, but I think she is going to pay off her creditors. And after, I don't, I mean, that's, it's, she's probably, and the question is, what are her margins? If she sells everything at 40%, how much is she losing per book? Uh, It's, I don't know. If she's selling. I mean, but it's possible that, like, this is inventory she had acquired years ago, and so yeah, that's the thing too. Like it's you, you do buy things, uh, you know, and and on on credit. Uh, that's how. But it's possible this is old inventory, right? So that right. And that's, that's my true. judgment really hinges on how much liquid wealth her family left her with. But it does seem like a fair bit. Well, well, we've talked Maybe about I am too mean to rich people. <laughs> no, not not nearly <laughs> enough. Uh, the the. One implication is she talks about whether she should shut down more or less on is the store making money less about what's our burn rate, what is the amount of money we can spend. When the implication is she could burn for a while, but what's the point? Right, yeah. So I think that she does have a pretty good cushion. And, and, um,. Yeah, and I think that that would mean that this the anything she can sell in this in this going out of business sale is further. Look at this. That wine glass does not have anything in it. Take it to the Goose Squad. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so yeah, she, she could any, be she could be palming the peel, and then every time she takes a sip, she drops it in. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, it's either hiding in that scene or it's, uh, it, it is, uh, um, an optical illusion in the other scene. When she realizes her cash flow has run dry, she doesn't try to pivot for a better business model. This is an advertisement for good creative destruction, so to speak. No, absolutely. We talked about this before. It's her only uh, approach was, hey, Frank, drum up some, uh, some attention to me. Let's get some PR. And she does. And her business still fails, and then she gives up. Like she tries nothing new, uh, and we'll talk about this later. We, there's there's this this podcast we're talking about a bit later uh, about creative destruction and and new attempts to carve out a niche. Uh, but uh, okay, signs in the front. Uh, signs in the front. We've got they smiled at the good, frowned at the bad, and sometimes they were very sad. Uh, did you look these up to see where they come from? I didn't. Where does that one come from? I don't know. Oh, well, I figured. Well, they smiled at the good. 
that comes from uh, there's a single tweet uh, from at Maddie Lack, uh, which has that text in it. Apparently, uh, I, it's it's from the author Ludwig Bemelmans. Never heard of that name. Ludwig Bemelmans is oh Madeline. He's a Madeline guy. Oh, so presumably from one of the Madeline books, and not something he just said. Okay, I guess I I maybe searched with it being a little too literal there. I'm, I'm just better at this. Let's okay. be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, I forget if she ever talks to Dave Chappelle in the movie, but I get the vibes that Kathleen is racist in a barbecue Becky sort of way. And that, that, we talked about this before too. This is kind of a clip show of sorts. Uh, that like Dave Chappelle says, like, oh, you don't feel bad about sending this woman to the projects, living on food stamps, <laughs> and like it's like no, she's not going to do that. <laughs> she, she, she's going to be fine. Uh, but yeah, she's the stakes racist. are very low. She's very racist. Let's be clear. I I see no evidence in the movie that she's racist. <laughs> I think it's all subtext. <laughs> Taking. <laughs> It's extrapolating. Uh, I think it's, it's it's clear if you read between the lines. <laughs> okay. Um, and she turned out the light and closed the door, and that's all there is. There isn't any more. That's, um, the, that's the other one here. That one is from Madeline as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all Madeline? <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those are both quotes from Madeline. All right. Um, And then we have a giant sign that says all stock 40% off. Okay. And when you say all stock, say say that again. I want to hear you say it. All stock 40% off. I don't think that's what it says. It says all stock. Oh, it's all one word? It's all one word. Okay. It's very weird. If you see no evidence one way or another, our default assumption shouldn't be very generous. I agree. I think... In terms of racism... Upper West Side, white woman, 1998. I think default is is racist. <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, let's see, and then yeah, and then uh, and then my final point here was just the economics of liquidating the store. We said they're probably positive. Oh, is that the for only her. signs in the front? I thought there's more. Oh, uh, the only ones written down. There were those were the only ones that I could see fully. There were some other ones that were like partially on screen, or there's the. There's the notes from like kids and stuff like that that were a little too too small to read. A quick comment. Uh, this is KJSU Stanford. You're listening to an earful of You Got Mail. We're talking about the 17th to 5 minutes. Unless you're listening on the uh, podcast and, and then you're not. Or if Hey, you're no need for misogyny. White men are racist too. D-A-G-U-I-L-A-R-C-A-N-A-B-A-L. Greg Kinnear's character is probably also racist. Okay. I, I think he's more like, I think I think he's the anti-racist. <laughs> That's why that's why they're such a good couple. They balance each other out. Um, but uh, or if you're listening on pirate radio, then you're not listening to Kishishu Stanford. Um, yeah, or, or on the podcast, or anywhere. But uh, the, uh, the do we even broadcast these on the radio anymore? Yeah, every, oh. every other Saturday. Oh wow, okay, oh, nice. Tune in. Yeah. Uh, okay, I <laughs> hope you are currently tuned in. Um, all right, the oh yeah. So so we have the. Were there any other signs you wanted to talk about? No, but okay. I do have. I just want to get this off uh, in front of it. Yeah, people are chattering in the store, uh, and there's some comments. Yeah, about like one of the comments. I just want to, this is the one that gets me. It says, ten dollars, it's yours. Ten dollars, it's yours." And it's this woman saying it, and who is it? <laughs> who is this woman with with this New York accent saying, 10 dollars, it's yours." <laughs> 
because she's not part of the staff. Just it's, we know, it's, it's, we know it's, the whole bookstore is staff. It's, you can see Birdie's face, and Birdie is not saying it. doesn't sound like her. 100% is not Christina's face, no. voice. No, no. It's it's not Kathleen. Maybe they hired a specialist. <laughs> yeah, to... we, have, we they hired the liquidator. <laughs> Ten dollars is yours. Woman just comes. Th- woman with a thick New York accent just We're comes so in and starts hungry. auctioning off all of. And or it's just what that would be a fun thing to do is you go to liquidation sales and you just wear clothing that makes you look like an employee. It's a Ten dollars. It's yours. And you actually accept money from people and then yeah. pocket it. Yeah, that's actually that's very fun. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the the amount of oversight will never be lower. Well, and people from a buyer's perspective, everyone is just going to assume that that's how it's working. You know, there's no there's yeah. no expectation that you need to go to the register. Or yeah, whatever, just like so. oh, register. We already sold the register. Just ten dollars. Give me ten dollars. It's fine. <laughs> register went out the door. Um, yeah. You sell the register for ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> register. All the cash. Yeah, whatever cash. Just in there. I'll use my pockets now. It's fine. <laughs> so good okay uh so we have we have a woman walking out with the gigantic yellow bag um it's, it's like a beanbag chair so that okay i thought it, <laughs> that's a better theory which is that she bought they had a beanbag chair in the corner or something and she bought that that's a great theory oh i uh, thought it was like she had a home beanbag chair and no tote bag <laughs> so she carved it open dumped it out and used so, my interpretation was yes was that it's a gigantic bag which she has filled with books <laughs> It's. It would be heavy. I know. That's what I'm realizing now. If that bag was actually full of books, okay, listen, 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 listen. Ten dollars. It's yours. <laughs> what are you gonna do now? I don't know. Who is that? Actually, and I'll say, not only is it clearly not Christine, we see her lips as well. It's none of the three female could be, employees. Could be uh, um, George doing an impression. He could be doing two voices because he just said, "If it's not nailed down, it's yours." But. Yeah. Um, so wait, could it, is it possible it's one of the customers? Is there any reason a customer would say, like, oh, there's a sign? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, oh! You know who it might there? be? What? Are these chairs for sale? George says, anything not nailed down, then $10 is yours. You know who that is? It's Rako Ellsworth playing the, uh, the voice of the police detective. Really? No, I'm just saying it could be. Like, oh, it could he, be. He, George's last day. And the he, police he, detective is just there helping out. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. That's that's not a bad theory at all. It's probably, it's one of the more plausible ones. Yeah. Okay. Then, okay. Woman is walking out with a gigantic yellow bag. Um, there is a single item in the store that is not for sale. Did you pick up on that? Incorrect. Okay, well, there's at least one item in the store that is not for sale. There you pick are, up on that? There are, two, there are two pieces of paper that I see saying not for sale. Okay. I, one, I, oh, I only spotted one. So. One is taped between the photos of Cecilia twirling with young Kelly, Kathleen Kelly, a.k.a. Kelly. Uh, but also it's, it's above another, like, hand-drawn uh, framed thing, and I believe they're both not for sale. Ah, uh. Okay. No, no, but that's only one of the two signs. Oh, all right. The other not for sale sign is directly behind her, next to our Lorax doll, but it's taped to a jar. And I went back on a different scene. This is just a jar of candy. But oh. I am, I imagine. Well, they, yeah, they just they can't uh, they can't sell food. Um. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they get shut down. Uh, I imagine 
that this is, uh, I mean, I think that's plausible that, oh, this is Cecilia's old jar of candy. Okay, yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. Cecilia, noted noted candy lover. Yeah, that's what killed her. <laughs> it uh, got her in the end. <laughs> got her in the end. Meg Ryan's hairstyle in this movie should be more of a thing nowadays. It's about a length and shape. I had it around junior year of college. Yeah, it's a good look, yeah. Is, is, that a, is that a reference of the line, that's right, they're going to hate us the beginning, but we'll get them in the end? Was that a reference, or was that just me having to say What? Uh, the line, we'll get them in the end. We'll get them in the Oh, no, I was just saying it got her in the end. Yeah, but it's the line. Yes, I was making a very clever reference. Please give me credit for it. Okay, um, there's a, there's a text-heavy poster behind the counter that is selling for $15. Yeah, I saw that. It looks yeah. great. Um, yeah. And then, so my big question here, big, big, big question, right? Yeah. Why isn't Fox Books buying out this inventory? <laughs> that is, I think the thing is they know when they, the, the other store shut down, uh, in the, well, the, they got the architecture collection, right? Yeah. This is an even bigger score. They're, they have a, you know, a need for C- a... City Books on 23rd Streets. We're going to buy out their entire inventory of architecture in New York history from the New York store. You don't love me? Exactly. Even the discount prices here are outrageous. Oh, I'm sure. Have you... Have you I, I, I was... Have you... How many times have you bought stuff at a at a liquidation kind of store? Um... Uh, you mean like a like going on a business sale type thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe once or twice. I don't remember any specific instances. I, I next to my college, there was a Tower Records that was going on a business in two thousand six, May two thousand seven, and that was a, over several months. And first was ten percent, then it was twenty percent, then it was thirty percent. Like they really lowered it again and again. Uh, which I think that makes sense. Yeah. Like you, and then at the end, like fifty percent, but yeah. the pickings were far less. Mm. So I, I mean, I don't think you do this in one day or something. Mm. I think Joe Fox isn't buying their inventory because it's probably disorganized and not very good. Oh, I one heart. It's this is it's the architectural books, the city city streets books, city books. <laughs> like that's that's great stuff. This is garbage. Um. All right, and then we get the nonchalant ADR line. Why don't we bomb Fox Books? <laughs> yes, that's. Uh, it sounds like, honestly, it sounds like Christina. It's not Christina, but it I sounds a it bit sound, like her. I thought it sounded a little like George. I don't know why I wrote no. that. Well, Is let's it listen not? one more time. Okay. Ten dollars. What are you gonna do now? I don't know. I Except for the woman in the back says, "Can you help me?" I think her lips don't line up. I oh, look well, at the jar. See there. Every Saturday when See I was them, uh, right at Lawrence. I remember when your mother gave oh, yeah. me a can of green gables. Read it with a box of Kleenex. She said, that's what she told me. Could someone help me? She's looking down on you right now. I'm sure she is. Why don't we bomb Fox Books? You're right. Sounds that's, that's Christina. It sounds like or Christina. someone like, some Christina-like uh, person. A lot of people yeah. are like Christina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tower Records liquidation sale in Rockville, Maryland that I went to was one of the happiest and saddest days of my life. Tower Records is a great place. Um, also Tower Records. Uh, there is... Uh, I, I love the fact that of all the stories being said here, like the only thing is like, I love this store back when your mother ran it. <laughs> your mother yeah, was so Ka- good Kathleen at running... Kathleen has the- not <laughs> added much to this store since... I mean, yeah, it, she is... She is 
taking what her mother built and <laughs> perpetuating it, but not pr- particularly contributing anything beyond that. I just love that like there is no one who says like I really love the way you've kept this going. People just <laughs> like your mother was great. <laughs> yeah. I miss your mother. Which well. this this shows that this is the this is the uh, there's a limit to how much she can trade on her mother's reputation as the sole value proposition of this story. I wonder if you had to estimate how long before the opening scene did her mother die? Oh wait, I oh, think this about, actually I think this is actually mentioned five five to ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I think I think it was like f- uh, five years. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, oh, no, no, her mother's been dead for 10 years according to the script. Wow. So, okay. I, again, they cut that out. I think it's implausible. <laughs> she could not keep this going for 10 years. <laughs> uh, one woman in the front says, like, uh, it's like, oh, grab Anna Greengate. Oh, no, no. Uh, grab uh, the, the trumpeter swan. Grab the trumpet of the swan. Okay. It says, this is a tragedy. She's holding a book. Uh, the book is Where's Waldo? The Wonder Book. Oh, there you go. 1997 release. It's a big one. I owned four Waldo books, but that came oh, yeah. after I, I read I, am, I owned, yeah, I owned quite a few Waldo books. Was crime still relatively high in New York City around this time, or had the downward trend already begun? Oh, it, be- well, it, it was well before that. This, well, you know, so yeah, I mean, this was, um... As we, told, we talked about how Giuliani cleaned up the buskers. Yeah. He, yeah. Sent, he sent them all to prison. Yeah, he, he. Maybe this is gentrification brought on by lead abatement in the city's water supply. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Um. Okay. Uh, do, do we need to tell you more about uh, anything else to add about what we actually see here? About the cle- the the clear out uh, closing sale? Um. No. Nothing else. Um. Okay. So here is a line. This is this entire scene. Not a whole lot is said here. The store is crowded. People are buying stacks of books. We hear brief snatches of conversation. Birdie telling a customer she's planning to travel. Christina saying she's finally going to have to finish her dissertation. George, okay, so, so let's just say... Good a, plans. Birdie, her life is better. She'll, the stakes are very low here, yeah. Christina, yeah. Uh, one, she's going to, you know, <laughs> put more time into school. Great. And two, she's a grad student. I thought she was undergrad, but okay. Uh, the, yeah, dissertation. Uh, <laughs> she, she has undergrad energy, but... Well, we were debating whether she's a high school or college student at the beginning yeah, of the show. She's, I, dissertation? She's not a PhD student. Uh, maybe she's just she's very advanced. This is Christina in the script. Let's be clear. Yeah. Uh, then this is this is so funny and so sad. Uh, this is actually I'm I, I'm glad this is not in the movie because George just line. George saying he's been offered a job at Fox Books, but even though he's o- it's okay with Kathleen, he wouldn't work there if we're the last place on earth. Oh no, poor Isn't George. That so sad. That he has sad. so much loyalty, and Kathleen deserves. That he's going to never work again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. George would be a great uh, Fox Books employee. That would be like that would be such a great like thing at the end. It's just George working there and doing great. Yeah, finally He'd not being run down. He would have fun as a Fox Books employee. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd have there, a spinoff movie where we see like George's hijinks as a uh, as a Fox Books employee. It's a good sequel. Yeah, I'd be here for that. Uh, but I have I have said for a while that Kathleen just didn't try enough to do different stuff. Uh, and one thing she didn't try is firebombing Fox Books. And, That's true. And her even her customers were like no are the, demanding it. <laughs> they're demanding it. The customer <laughs> is always right. <laughs> you gotta give them what they want. Yeah. 
Okay, all right. That's, that's all I got for scene five. Oh, for sure. Okay, now we're going to Fox Books. Oh, we get some more wonderful shots of... And there's not a single piece of dialogue. Fox Books. No, it's beautiful. It lets you it lets you soak in the ambiance of, of Fox Books. Yeah, uh, so she is on the street to begin with. Yep. And she... She turns the corner. She famously uh, goes around the corner from the shop. Uh, oh, nice looking. It is right around the corner. It is. It's it's convenient that way. Uh, pop- Do oh, you pop- guys think it is weird at all that the white people in this movie are all wasps? Why are there no Jews or Italians in a movie set in Manhattan? That's not true. Uh, actually, most of, uh, at least all the foxes are Dutch. That is true. The the Scheulers. 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 And as we we, we learned, the actual Martinoan people were were Italian-Americans. But I think that was too ethnic for the late 90s, so they uh, made them into Dutch people. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So the... Fox books. Fox books. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Okay. Uh, The opening hour, or uh, what, what hours is Fox books open? Oh, I did not see this. I mean, oh. if I was just being, if I was being completely, if I was just guessing, I would say 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Ooh, you're close. You are very close. Well, I'm just, that's the hours you normally do. I would say, I'd say, I, I think this place might be trying for a morning fix, so maybe open at 9. Uh, nope. But, I mean, honestly, 10, I think, is the right time for this. 10 a.m. is the opening time. Oh, okay, cool. When does it close? So it's, is it ten to ten? It is ten a.m. to ten p.m. That's S&T. a good. That's a good time. Yeah. Okay, that is wild. When was it established that Joe Fox is Dutch? It's established because I assumed he was descended from the Quakers. <laughs> his is well. His grandfather, who is the paterfamilias of 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 the entire Fox clan, his name is Scoiler, uh, which is the most Dutch name. So they're heavily hinted. But honestly, there's a little bit in their names, but mostly just the way they act. They have a very Dutch kind of vibe. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole family gathering, classic traditional Dutch family gathering. Absolutely. And just the fact it is about well, New Amsterdam. It's it's uh, New oh, York yeah. is a character oh, in the movie. Yes. It's not that and it is about the colonization of New York by the Dutch. I know, I know, yes. I know. Um, okay, so uh, so, the, so Fox Books, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, there's a couple nice details I like in this in this sequence. I love the fact that opening up, the first thing you see is a uh, bunch of globes. Those are nice. Those globes are really nice. There's a man carrying a very long poster tube, and he looks super bewildered. Like, he doesn't know where to go. Um, and he's just kind of walking around with this very large poster tube. And so it's business. Which is, I, I think, great. He, I mean, he's, I, I assume he's a customer. I mean, it doesn't look like he's part of the staff. Yeah. Uh, and then um, th- once we get to the children's section, there is the Fox Books Fox looking very lecherous. I think he's looking playful. Mm, mm, Me either. Mm. You, mean le- you mean like lecherous, like sexual? Yeah. 
Yeah, I disagree. It's a, it's a, oh yeah, it's a fox. I think, he's, it, I think at most he's looking hungry. It's I, a fox giving you the eye. I don't think it's, they're sexualizing the children's books area. I, I mean, I don't think they're consciously sexualizing the children's book area. I, it, <laughs> I don't think that be. I think that'd be a very bad idea. But I think, I think this fox happens to look very lecherous. I mean, I w- I know like like Tex Avery wolves when they look lecherous, like their tongue hangs out of their mouth, their eyes pop out. This, well, no, it's not. It's just, not not that just, overt. Just vibing. It's not that overt. Okay. All right. Sure. He's just vibing. All right. All right. Uh, Whoa, are you saying Joe Fox is giving Kathleen some glass beads in exchange for her estate? I assume she eventually joins her assets to him by a marriage, which is the only point of that type of contract. And that's a good question. Is Kathleen coded as another competing set of colonizers, aka the English, or is she is she coded as indigenous? I say she's not coded as indigenous. Mm, mm, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I, I think I think that she is. <laughs> I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say Kathleen Kelly in the movie You've Got Mail is not a proxy for the indigenous American people. <laughs> I, I would go. I would say that. Uh, I, I think I, we can we can put that one out there. We may get some flack for it. Some folks may disagree, but you know we're just gonna we're just gonna take that. I, I saw one more not for sale teddy bear in the front window for the for its worth. Oh, um, how much is that teddy bear in the window? It's not for sale. Uh, oh. I would so she goes in. I imagine is this the first time it's been her competitor, but it's like not until this is kind of problematic. But her hairstyle is called feathered. Ooh, these are all the clues we need. <laughs> See, this is why you yeah. guess have more more energy into these theories. Yep. Uh, she is. Uh, do you think this is the first time she walked inside the store? She's like, I'm not going to go in until I'm out of yeah, business. I, yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, and then she goes in that very night. Yeah, because she's having. Well, a because she's she's given up. The the show's over, as we hear in this Seems song. Like she's not trying. Because if you're really trying to take them down, you should know your competitor. She's better. no longer. Oh, oh, I see. She should have gathered intel earlier. Because <laughs> he was gathering intel on her. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, oh, that's I've seen the ten to oh, ten yeah. sign. It's that's beautiful. It's a gigantic clock. Yes. Yeah. To, it would really let you know it's ten a.m. Magazine to 10 PM. nook got the totes. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, wild place. Look, here's the guy the, with the poster tube. Oh, nice. <laughs> They got the big globe. Like, where, where do I go? Where do I go with Fox, this tube? Fox and Sons books, it is globe themed. It seems to be one through thread. Oh, it's beautiful. Nice shovel there on the middle yeah. display. You see, I think that's a, the biggest we see of that five floor sign. Looks great. Then we see a close up of her hand going up the spiral staircase. I know, it's beautiful. It's, this is. I will say it's this. It's a wonderland. It's, this movie could have been filmed in a way that, like, it was chintzy and bad, but actually, Fox Books is clearly a better bookstore it's gorgeous it's so nice it's funny that there's like it's bad in carpet but it is actually a really nice place and i just want to say notice the fact she is seeing unsupervised children having more fun than they've ever had yes there is he's playing there's that fox he's 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 playing the trumpet and he's giving you the eye he's just cheeky okay Uh, I, i think the lesson here is kids don't like to be hectored through fussy, overbearing shop workers, mm. you just have them have the floor to themselves and let them roam. And they have a lot of fun. Let like, them roam. There is a really cool chain of bookstores in Mexico City called Gandhi's that looks like this. Cool. Good, good, go, yeah, go good there. insights. Yeah, I would just. Yeah, I mean, just in general, I'd say that. Do you th- like 
immediately is like, oh, I, I've been doing it wrong for all these years. Yeah, I mean, that, is, that is literally the realization she's having right now. So, don't, yes. Don't have the storybook lady who sucks. Yeah. Instead, just have the kids hang out and read books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a it's a big insight. It, you know, it, she's she, this is her journey. She's grow. Yeah. She is maybe sometimes. What if the man is Mister Wright? Wow! Oh, wow! Yeah. Uh, and also, she sits down on a couch. Yeah. And then to her left, there's, there is there's no orange peel in that wine glass. I'm telling you one more time. I, refraction can do crazy stuff. I know. I know. Refraction can do crazy stuff. Uh, there is. Uh, she sits down. There is a display to her left. Of two of the books in the Bomb Oz series, mm-hmm. Ozma of Oz and the Wonderful Land of Oz, or Marvelous Land of Oz, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which notably, those are the same Oz books aren't directly left of the door of the shop around the corner. Me either. Uh, I, th- I think this is intentional. Um, I think it's like she goes to this place and it turns out like, oh, her they Oz, have the same book. It's <laughs> the, the, yeah, same her, book set up. her her selection wasn't that special after all. Yeah, Actually. This kid's corner type of thing feels pretty unique to Barnes and Noble, or at least they made this the industry standard. I think, I mean, that's, I think that's true. And there's like a big idea, and I want to bring up just in general, uh, I think the commerce of small independent booksellers is saying like everyone is a consumer. Everyone is like going there to buy stuff. Uh, Barnes and Noble and other places like that, the first places to really cater to what I would call the loitering class. Sure. Uh, and I'd say especially if there's people who are young, if you don't have the money to buy books, if you're a teenager, if you're whatever, the ability to hang out in a place and not pay money is really a special thing. And mm-hmm. I, if you are a like if you're like 17 years old, I'm not. Uh, and like you just want to like hang out, like oh I a, do a fussy bookstore where the shopkeeper <laughs> is gonna like yeah. like look at you. Yeah. Like, that's just that's not good. Yeah. Like That's not fun. Well, uh, but also, Barnes I Noble, mean, clearly fun. Well, but Fox Books has the advantage of having five floors of, you know, five large floors of space where they can, you know, where people can spread out and all that. I mean, Kathleen Kelly's working with limited real estate. Well, she could have worked on that. I guess. I mean, but it's pretty hard in that small of a place for her to give her customers the space they need to, to relax like that. When did McDonald's first install kids' playgrounds in their franchises I that think- may have predated this? I think 1981 is the first Playlands. I was I was reading that in the book. <laughs> I was reading it recently. So uh, okay, so uh, do we want to talk about other stuff uh, here? Yes. Um, I would say. Oh, one, one more thing. I want to ask Diego is in his thread, which is deleted. I checked, and it has been deleted. He was saying one thing that made him furious about Kathleen was that she was talking about oh Fox and Fox and books. Uh, Fox and Fox Sons and books. Sons. Fox and Sons books. Uh, they have ignorant employees, and he found that very insulting. Ah, okay. And, uh, no. Good. Oh yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, I'm seeing the background. I believe as Kathleen's walking down the street, there is a sign for Armageddon in a poster. Ah, in the background. okay. Yeah, that's a fun one. We're, we're continuing to see uh, even in uh, <laughs> even in uh, February. Of 1998, they're getting the summer blockbusters or everywhere. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know the the um it's the what is it the second run or uh, you know <laughs> this is the negative first run. Yes, <laughs> six oh, months so- <laughs> before the movie comes out, they start. That's right. Airing. That's right. Um, She's okay. like Virginia Woolf in terrible class politics. Yeah, 
Yes, Kathleen is super snotty and entitled when she talks down to Fox employees. I well, don't know she's I've, really married haven't, either. I haven't seen her talk to any Fox employees. Only owners. She doesn't. She doesn't <laughs> talk to, to the service workers. Uh, so no, the last thing here is we get the Joe Fox crawl. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we get Joe Fox doing his prowl, and he's, he, he has the Fox. same trumpet in his mouth, just like Fox that. on the prowl. Yeah, exactly. That's I think I think that Fox is. Look at this. That Fox is giving Kathleen the eye, and then later Joe Fox is prowling toward Kathleen. I this is all it all connects. Which I think it is, it's hungry. It's not. It's not. Uh, Talks down about them rather. Yeah, that's correct. I was elaborating on the deleted tweet you referred to. Correct. Mark. Yes, I know. I know what you're doing. Okay. This, is, this is a wonderful way to communicate. I love <laughs> it. Exactly. Uh, anyway, okay. Um, anything else, or do we want to get into the rival podcast that uh, we need to dissect? Yes, let's talk about that. Okay. All right, so there's been a there's been a recent development Look, this has been a big um, where we had a, uh, a podcast drop, a pod drop. We did have a pod drop. A pod drop. I, I, I saw this. Let me tell you how I found out about this. Uh, was um, someone was mentioning a thread. This is a guy named Nolan Gray online. Uh, and he was writing about. Uh, let me just pull the actual thread. It says he's talking about, oh, what's a blockbuster in 2005 or 2021? What's a business that's doing well now that isn't going to be around 15 years? That's a good question. Like, what is something we see now? And that's a, and his follow-up thing is, remember, you've got mail, parentheses, 1999, which, no, that's not 1999, uh, in which the existential threat is the opening of a Barnes & Noble, LOL. Uh, and someone else wrote great podcast about this, and he linked to uh, Decoder Ring. Oh, no. This guy who said I don't this, really care about other podcasts, honestly. This guy who wrote it, well, well, well you're going to get our take on it. This guy who wrote it, uh, Doug, uh, at New Doug Newman, Oof. follows me, and he wrote great podcast about it and links to a different podcast. Wow. Knife in the heart. Wow. Doug, how could you do this to All me? All right, we got a feud heating up here. Yeah. Doug, what so the hell? What, so we, I mean, this is an easy one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> feud, feud with Doug. Yeah, okay. I think could, that's true. I think official feud with Doug. Uh, we can put it to a vote later. I might lose him as a follower, but it's worth it. No, how- it doesn't matter. You don't want to have someone like that as a, as a follower. Absolutely. Um, so we're in a feud with Doug. The condition of resolving the feud is that Doug... Um, also calls us a great podcast about... Replies to that tweet. Okay. And all and links to our podcast. That sounds great. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. 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 And th- so let's let's put it to this a... This guy, Doug, sounds like poop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's let's put it to a vote. Um, so uh, you know, yay or nay, uh, feuding, feuding with Doug. Sure, but I want He's my follower. I want to. I want to. Uh, uh, but if he links to this podcast, then he isn't. Yes, absolutely. I want to. I want to uh, kind of manage the communications myself. Cock be eighty nine. He yay. Great. Uh, you want to manage the feed yourself. That's fine. That's fine. But but through the account. Yeah, but, uh, through the account. Oh, through I, the earful account. Go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll course. just. But we'll, we'll we're kicking it off. I I did reply to to Nolan's tweet saying, uh, "We remember about you've got mail." And we, uh, actually, we scored more likes than Doug. He got two likes. We got four likes. So. Oh, okay. All so right. I mean, already you know we're kind of showing him up. Oh, go away. All right. Um. So, uh, but the feud. Uh. Three, two, one. Yay. 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 All right. We're feuding. We're feuding. Okay. So. 
uh, but the the podcast he linked to was but, uh, by, was by Slate. Yes, it's uh, called Dakota Ring. It's Dakota Ring. It is a uh, very serial type investigatory podcast about culture. So it's it tries to hit like two things, which is we do original research. Uh, we have kind of like we we peel apart the onion ring of history, but then also it's about cultural artifacts. So I mean, it's yeah, it seems I like I can't okay. co-sign this feud, Hervey. Well, you're not. Oh wow, you're not a member of the podcast. We, got, we, so got we don't a care. Vote out there. We don't care. Yeah. Um, but look at the podcast. because you were you were very hesitant to listen to it. It's 37 minutes. Oh, I uh, so I listened oh, to the man, whole thing. I feel like it's always been there. Needed some other updates as well. Oh, I mean, oh it's just the most... Okay. Philip Haskin, every episode we take on a cultural question... Ohio is for you. Brick and mortar bookstore was widely seen as an enemy of booksellers, readers, and vibrant community life. And okay. we'll, we'll just play it in full <laughs> for the next 37 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So this, this, uh, this podcast, there's some good info in it, I will say. There's no, some okay, good... So- so the, my my fresh response first yeah. five to ten minutes I was like this is garbage because yeah. it is about it was a cultural take on you got mail which I found to be very superficial it's basically just a plot summary for the most part yeah and I was um, like what is this yeah but then they start doing uh, they pivot into original research about the history of Barnes and Noble which yeah. honestly I think was well handled yeah it, it, again good info they have some they have a, a variety of interviews here which are are, are solid. Um, but I, th- I just can't stand the, the, what is apparent. I thought it was the NPR voice, but you're telling me it's the serial voice of, of this. Into the early nineties, Eeyore's business was doing well. And then a number of things befell Eeyore's all at once. And one of them was Barnes and Noble. Support for this podcast comes from <laughs> The Better Fish. Hell yes. National health Hell experts yes. agree that eating omega-3 well, rich let's seafood talk about this. can help reduce... In the course of a 37-minute <laughs> podcast, we got no less than, I think, five ad drops. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that, that includes one uh, one where a podcast linked to it, like, talked about another podcast you might like. Oh, like what? Like there what? Are, In fact, one of them was a promo for another podcast that is also called Decoder. <laughs> Great. That's synergy, baby. Uh, Not to nay vote, Alan. Just an abstention. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, it just occurred to me I can listen to music separately from this podcast at the same time. Right now I'm listening to a new album for McCoy by Aiko Ishibashi. Interesting. I think you should Good. focus your attention on It's flagship on 18th Street and 5th Avenue, a block from Union Square. Ruggio turned the store around. <laughs> Independent bookstores at the time could often be cramped, musty, disorganized, snobbish. He put in amenities like benches, bathrooms, signs, phones. He opened on Sundays. But mostly, he just stuffed the place with books. Laura J. Miller is a professor. In- All right. So yeah, I would say the NPR voice is very kind of measured, mm. kind of it, it, it kind of has one very constant smooth tone mm. uh, whereas the serial voice is it's kind of barking and up up speaking at the same time where you kind of clip yourself you kind of jump into every line uh, and it makes it sound like you're kind of like telling this story that's very active uh, as opposed to kind of trying to smooth it out Hachka again one of the things that most define Barnes and massive selections See, lots it, of interviews lots it, of it interviews. involves you you go very quickly to interview drops as well as sonic cues that kind of give some uh, some thread. It, it's a definite house style. 
uh, that's becoming bigger and bigger. But yeah, let's let she did get some. She talked to people in, in the in the bookstore scene. Yep. Uh, and she also got Delia Efron. Yes. Who we have not attempted to get largely because I don't know. Like, I think uh, it's we've wanted to. I mean, nothing against Delia Efron, but I don't think we have a whole lot of questions for her. I mean, I I think that we were we we're like we were we were barking to talk to uh, Haywood. But like, uh, I don't think we have a whole lot of questions for Delia, do we? I uh, I don't personally. I mean, I think part of the thing is it like has she... a drawing of Jack McCoy from Law and Order on the cover that right, looks. We're, we're gonna we're gonna cut that one off. Yeah, that's not. I mean, you can use your judgment. The audience should know I'm typing these replies way earlier than the podcast host chooses to read them out. That's not true. No, no we're they're instant. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I don't think Delia. I mean, I she's. She had some. It, I, I actually. For, I, I mean, I will admit, I was not paying close attention to every minute of this podcast. And, and the other, the other main thing is, you try to make it personal very quickly. So she started mentioning her childhood, going to this Barnes Noble location, and her own experiences. It, it's like you try to merge the investigatory journalism uh, with the memoir. Investigatory. Investigatory. Ah. Journalism with the memoir. So it's, it's investicor, investicor, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's 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 what it is. But uh, she talked to Delia. I mean, Delia. Uh, she she co-wrote the movie with with Nora Ephron, who's deceased. Nora, I mean, is kind of considered. She's director. She's the auteur. Yeah, here. N- Nora's the the creative. If if we were to similar to how we tried to find the creative voice behind previous movies, uh, w- you know, that would have been Nora would have been the call here. Yeah, or or someone like the Dog Bros, who are just you know a series of people who are Nor Efron uh, commentary track people. Now, with that said, should we chase down Delia Efron? I think we need to work on the angle. So yeah, maybe, let's work. Let's work the angles. I mean, she sounds very nice, and yeah. I, I think I think the thing is, it sounds kind of insulting. Like, oh, we wanted to talk to Nora, but you're our next best offer, which is kind of like that sounds insulting to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think she gets that a lot. <laughs> Sure, that's why. I'm pretty sure that's why they talked about this here. Um, the anyway, bo- yeah. So, so some good info here, though, just about like sort of the trend of, as it turns out now, small bookstores are are flourishing again, and Barnes and Noble is not. Um, and and if anything, Bar- at this point, Barnes and Noble's strategy is actually to move toward how can we be more like a funky local bookstore and and give individual stores more autonomy. Um, over their book selection and, and, and stuff like that. So there's a- one error she made where she says that the movie never mentioned Amazon. Uh, one, in fact, we do know that there is the deleted scene in which the Fox Books website will ship you anything in a day. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think That's that was by that proxy. Was our- yeah. Um, yeah. You know, right. There's also there's several criticisms about you know how the sort of yeah the movie is not prepared to confront the reality of things moving you know things getting even more impersonal uh than than fox books um well the movie mentions it was gonna like it was saying that the movie is instinctively opposed to change saying all these changes make things bad uh we don't like these changes when in fact we look back on this now and it seems like an overreaction in fact barnes noble was nice she enjoyed it it was the place that she enjoyed being at the most as, as a teenager uh, and you know, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, part of like saying like there's different experiences that people want, some people want anonymous book buying instead of, 
instead of something which is very you know kind of overbearing and so and so on. Yeah. Uh, I it's a little off offhand. Uh, I went to Barnes and Noble uh, yesterday, largely because this is pretty much the only time I need to go to a place when I want to uh, buy a magazine to prepare for a fantasy baseball draft. Mm. Because if oh I'm, yes, oh I need to get some of those. Well, how would you buy it? I'd have to go to Barnes and Noble. Because if you buy it like online, how do you know it's a, it's a good magazine? I, well, I just buy one of each. <laughs> that works, but you're, it costs a bunch. I mean, I went through and I was able to leaf through and find out who had the most up-to-date roster updates. Ah, yes, that's so always it, tricky. Oh, so I mean, like I, I'm very happy with my purchase. Yeah, um, which I, I, mean, I think the main I'm Barnes Noble. I think it's still a very nice vibe. The problem is they only really sell new books. Uh, for as much as Barnes Noble is like, or Fox Books for that matter says like we sell cheap books. When you're buying new books, are actually expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the book model. New books are expensive because you got to pay for the book production. Which, like, compared to that, like, used books are much better. Uh, sure. So, are you saying the model should be you've got you got the Fox Books of the world, uh, which are using new book sales to subsidize nice places to hang out, and then you've got the the used, used book clearinghouse, used book clearinghouses, which are just about volume of of you know cheap books. Which I mean, I think the difference is there are good independent bookstores that have survived, and I think effectively bad independent bookstores which have failed. And this is something we kind of touched on on this podcast, but like talked like Powell's. Have you been to Powell's in Portland? I have not. Wonderful place, and they sell I think a lot of books that are incredibly hard to find. Like honestly, I found much more interesting books on when i went there i was like in the uh you know different uh you know kind of uh you know history of economics areas some parts about urban planning areas and then the esperanto section which i can never find esperanto anything and they had like a full shelf in esperanto stuff which like like honestly wow they blew me away deep cuts yeah there's an old bookstore that shut down in nashville called bookman bookwoman which uh was kind of this very cluttered used bookstore but like it was just like it was like a like a, it was a two two uh two like building sizes wide but just like every every aisle was crammed mostly used stuff and actually it was, it was a fun place to kind of leaf through I, I i you know i think it was pretty good as opposed to like the independent bookstores that only sell new stock like that's just not that good i'm not a fan well you got to get it somewhere i don't th- i don't think i think we should only uh, we're, we're done just o- only old books at this point <laughs> all um, right yeah uh, should we do a little um, drink of the app, a little hack of the app, drink well, of the app? One more really note good. before that is I think there's a possible error I need to jump in here with. Okay, go I for it. I think in episode two or three, I was mentioning the fact that the uh, the Barnes Noble in New York, I thought I was reading news stories saying that it shut down in its original location before this movie came out. But based upon Decoder Ring, they seem to imply that it never shut down in its original location. Which um, I I don't know. Like it's certainly it didn't shut down in 1996. Like I thought it did. So I need to look at my claim and find some new news stories because I may have been misled. Hmm. Okay. All right, sir. That's what I, got. I think one thing the pandemic showed me is that bookstores are more about the experience than the stock. It is ridiculously easy to get free books on random sidewalks and at the library book sale in Berkeley. Yeah, I mean, library book sales are fantastic. They're sure. the best, like, on, and that's a, that's one thing to mention, too, the fact that the movie is, 
talking about the Barnes & Noble experience in New York City going against the New York City experience of independent bookstores as opposed to uh, the, like, in a place that's more strip molly and more generic, a Barnes Noble will be the best in town. Mm. Which, like, that's that's true. I think, honestly, it's, it like, it is, most places don't have a, a nice stock of independent booksellers. But it's kind of it was a surprising result that like even New York City people preferred the generic than the, than the independent. <laughs> oh well, it's it was it was very nice. It was refreshing. Uh, uh, one more piece of news, uh, Mr. I miss bars and cafes, but I don't miss buying books at stores at all. Well, good for you. Hmm. Uh, City Lights. Uh, sure. Yeah, the the San books. Francisco's own. Yeah, have you been there? No, I went there uh, once. Uh, I've been to a famous bookstore in San Francisco, but I think it was the Green Apple Books. Interesting. I don't uh, think it was City La- Lights. Lawrence Ferlinghetti died uh, in the past week. Oh, that's right. We should have covered that in news. They yeah, won't well, be covering it now. In the last two weeks, oh. he was 101 years old. Uh, he was the original Kathleen Kelly. Uh, and uh, honestly, City Lights don't think it was that good of a bookstore. <laughs> I don't. It's like I was there. I was like, this is oh. not that great of a place to go. Oh. But it's very famous. Sure. As opposed, but I think there's a lot more better bookstores. Okay, that's all I got. All right. It's time for... Drink of the app. Drink of the app. Uh, so I think it's Kathleen Kelly's mystery beverage. I would call it a probable Aperol spritz. Probable Aperol spritz. Prob- prob- probable Aperol spritz. Probable probable. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's. I mean. Yeah. I, let, let's go with that. You can. And you can freeze frame on when she's holding it in her hand. Will do. And 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 we'll get a nice circle around that. And then I think it'll be clear to the listeners that it's a probable aperol spritz. Okay. Uh. Then actually, sorry. No, it's not. It can't be an aperol. We. It can't be an aperol spritz, and it would be red. Uh, it, it's a. Why, I, I trusted you on this. I thought no, you knew your stuff. I well, I do, and I'm now actually thinking it through. So it, it can't be an app. I mean, it could be another type of spritz. It could be a. What about just wine-based cocktail? I think wine. Co- I think white wine cocktail is the way to go. Yeah. Did you say probable or just like this? No, I think wine I think well, do the freeze frame, and I think the evidence will present itself. I've, I've looked at it. <laughs> Look, I will talk to you offline. Uh, I think prop. Uh, yeah, let's keep the probable in there. Probable white wine cocktail. Great. That has All been right. drink of the up. That has been drink of the up. Now, hack of the up. This is good hacking music. This is great. I'm loving this. Okay. Uh, hack of the app. Uh, this is a hack of the app is where we, you know, look into the uh, minds and eyes and, and souls of these characters, find out where. Uh, basically, the modern world has left them behind, has let them down, and how technology can fill the vacancies in their heart. Yep. So I've got some big ones. Uh, Kathleen's store shut down. Yes, just better managing the store shutdown. How do you how do you liquidate that inventory more efficiently? I would say I would say hacking up has to happen within these five minutes. So I think the question is, if you're going to ha- hack the closing it needs to be like you drop it right now like you can't go back in time and manage it no it's like it's no, you, no. you need this to is drop a solution this is an on-the-spot solution for liquidating the store so this is her about to open up the last day of books but then she gets an oracle from technology to fix it yes 
So that's an option. Want anything else? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got um, uh, Kathleen and Frank finding out they don't love each other. I don't think that's a problem. No, I'm saying, could we make that more expedient so they don't have to, you know, go to dinner and learn out, learn over a lot of time? I'm wondering. So, so, if the, so the, the 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 problem is that they're wasting time and yes. money on on their yes, they're wasting time and money on being with each other. When the, neither of them love each other, how do we get that? How do we just improve communication? And let's be clear, they also missed this movie that they're both looking forward to. I know, I know. See, this all could have been avoided. I think. That's how a, could they have solved this without leaving the movie theater? Right, or even before they stepped foot in the movie theater. Uh, here's here's another uh, hack to be uh, sure to be cracked. Yeah, lay it uh, on me. That fox is just too damn sexual. <laughs> I was gonna suggest that. Yeah. Okay. De- I just, I Desexifying the fox. I just don't think that's true, but okay. Uh, and then um, one more, which is uh, which I've now forgotten. Um, one more. Oh yes, um, uh, the uh, bombing of Fox Books. <laughs> ah, we talked about. I mean, I think I that's, know, that's I know. Not, it's yeah. th- that's not really hacking itself. That is, in fact, the solution. Sure, sure. Uh, Joe Fox is definitely a randy dude. Yes, yes. Let's be very clear. Uh, if if Diego has any input. Uh, between, I think the two bis- big ones are uh, the final day of Fox Books. How could it have been saved? Oh, Fox Books, shark on the corner. Yep. How could it have been saved through technology in this last? Oh, day? I wasn't thinking we necessarily try and save it. I was thinking we would just try and make the last day more efficient. Well, I just like what is what is the problem? It's just like they're wasting their time selling it off. I guess, although they're having a pretty good time, um, and they're getting all these customers sharing. I, I mean, memories. I think the other right, one. Is, I agree. The other one's better, yeah. which okay. is just how, how do you th- save Fox Books in one day? No, no, no. The other one oh. being how do you save movie magic? <laughs> how do you save movie magic by avoiding their whole? You're, like it's just the, the problem is it's something we've all been through. We're yeah. at the movies with a longtime romantic partner. Yep. We have a fight. Uh, we want to break up immediately. Yep. But we don't want to miss the movie. Yep. How do you handle? It? How does technology help? Uh, I would first thought. First thought is uh, you could use Sony Glastrons, and you could have the movie uh, portably with you, and you could watch it while you uh, fight and break up. Sure. Yeah. Or fight and break up from anywhere, and then immediately dive into the movie. Oh, like so. The question is, should they even leave the movie theater? Uh, they. Well, I as I was saying. I think we could have technology that would identify the disconnect between them and 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 bring it to a conclusion before they even set foot in that movie theater. Oh, so it's kind of like COVID testing, but yes. instead it's for I uh, think imminent breakup testing. They walk through the front door of the movie theater, and yeah. they, they walk. There's like a screen, or, you know, there's like a camera, and like a quiz. <laughs> well, it's like they go to the tunnel, they check your ticket. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Are you are you in love with each other?" <laughs> That's pretty low tech. I know there might be a high. Well, that's what I was saying. Maybe like it's like a camera and like a you know a, a, a um you know a, like a, a a machine learning classifier that you know that tries to look at their body language, uh, which you know could could determine it. I think the only thing I want to do after a breakup is eat a bunch of ice cream and smoke cannabis like I am doing now. It's I decided to, to have dessert instead of beer. By the way. 
<laughs> Diego, after a breakup, he wants to smoke cannabis and eat ice cream. You know, which is on, what he's doing anyway. Which on any normal night, he wants to <laughs> smoke cannabis and eat ice which cream. Which is to say, you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you, you want to, you, you don't want to, you know, change your habits too much just as a result of a No, of a you need continuity. You need continuity. What about like a hologram? Like you go through Ooh. and like you like and they separate you from your beloved. Yeah. But then they tempt you with holograms of Sydney and Strongen. Oh, I like it. I like it. And yeah. then if you if you depending on how you respond, then you get sort of or then then your your uh you know your date gets feedback on yeah. how you responded, and you get a little report card which is like you know, yep, probably not in love with you. Sorry. It's just like the it's like the television show Cheaters. Yes, but like an, a but a very a, a rapid version as you were walking through a tunnel on the way into the movie theater. This, I mean, it's a good it's a good uh, value add for movie theater. It helps you, uh, you know, challenge oh, yeah. and assess your relationship. It's this, and it's a nice, you know, it it brings new weight to the. Hey, you want to go on a date to the movies? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It's something you only you, do. Yeah, you only do it if you're prepared to take a love test. Or, yeah, I mean, but honestly, if you do it so often, then you're just always giving a tune-up. It's like, yeah, we're going on, yep. a da- going on a movie date? It's like, yeah, we're going on a movie date. It's like, I feel pretty confident. It's and, then, and then somehow, like, couples end up inventing all these excuses not to go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like they know they're they know they don't love each other, but they they don't want to break it off. And yeah, so people it's whisper, like, it's like, wow, oh. you know, they haven't gone to a movie together in six years. <laughs> I think something's wrong. Uh, so okay, I mean, but do you think the technology of just instead of one simple tunnel, instead it is a confusing series of mirrored uh, virtual tunnels that branch off, and the oh, yeah. the, 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 the veritable labyrinth uh, tempts you. With uh, with different you know personages from your memory, yeah, you know, uses big data, yep, uh, and then it finds out if you actually seek your loved one or not. Yeah, I love it. And then and then if you do seek your loved one, then it, you, that di- then it directs you to the uh, you know to the right theater. <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> then then it, it could, like automatically you uh, match you up with a, with a kind of a singles theater. Yeah, or you're right. Yeah, you just both get directed to separate singles theater. <laughs> Oh, that'd be cool. I like it. I like it. I think we've got a good system here. I think this uh, this hack has been cracked. Yeah. All right. Very good. I'm not going to lie. I think the gaslighting Joe subjects Kathleen to in this movie is as close to borderline sociopathic as he can get without really causing much harm. I mean, I think that's an obvious take. Uh, I think the I think the, 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 everyone's kind of sociopathic, so I don't really think he's being that uniquely bad. I, yeah, I, th- I think th- I think this movie has has enough sociopathic behavior to go around. All right, um, we are been, uh, hack the app. we yeah that is hack of the app. Oh, we should do okay. Now we should do um, where in the air. Okay, these five minutes, the movie up until these five minutes, and the movie as a whole as a whole. We're gonna rate them all, and, um, and this includes Diego. So get right in. And Diego is gonna rate them too. So. So Kathleen is sociopathic too, of course, but only as a classist and probable racist. I, I, think I, more I, ways I still that. don't agree that the data is there to support these these claims. I think the data is there, but I think there's probably more to it than that. Uh, yeah, we should we should give her the benefit. Of I the mean, doubt. look look at her in the supermarket. As a consumer, she was like <laughs> she was a sociopathic consumer of just. <laughs> she like, does she does 
perform very poorly as a human in the supermarket. Yes. Yeah. That, Which I is a bad, lowest that moment. Is, if you need a test of character, <laughs> yes. behavior at in the checkout line of the supermarket is... is uh, she screwed up, and then she not uh, only like just refused to apologize... And she continued to waste everyone's time. Asked for several, you know, extra privileges. It was a, it was disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think we. I mean, the supermarket scene is Seinfeld level sociopathy. Yeah. I yeah. think. I think we found. I mean, yes. That is. That is. That is good evidence right the there. The only good person in the movie is George. George is wonderful. That's why I want the George spinoff uh, of um, you know George George working at Fox Books. Yeah, it's just George and then Kevin Jackson, his his crusty older you know boss. Oh yes, I think it's a good dynamic. That would be fun. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna rate the movie as a whole as a whole first. All right, okay. ready? Three, Three two, two, one, one four, four stars. stars. Wow, very very right. solid. Yes. Cool. Um, Diego. I yeah I I don't know I'm not seeing a Diego vote uh, coming in so. Zero to five stars. Oh, no wait. We, we've got a Diego vote. Three stars. Okay. There we go. Oh, wait, wait. No two. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, the, the movie up to this point. So this movie is... up until this point. Okay, ready. Yeah. Three, Three two, two, one. one four, four stars. stars. Oh, wow. We are locked in here. Locked in. Uh, Diego, any any uh, movie up until this? I was this tempted point? to say four and a half, but like I think it's four. Is right. I think it's it's trending toward the you know uh, what. Four point five stars. Wow! wow. So he must <laughs> really hate the, la- the movie must hate just the takes last a part. dive after this. All right, and then just these five minutes. Sure. Uh, and ready. Uh, three, three, two, two one. Three four stars. stars. Okay. Three I stars. I love the four Fox, stars. Fox book scenes. The Fox book scenes are really nice, but I think we're about to get more of those in the next one. So you know, just maybe we'll average up after after that. And we've got the Diego vote. Five stars. Wow! wow. Big, big, big votes for these five minutes. That's how you do it, oh, folks. You I was saying that you start crying during the closing credits. That has been where in the air. Just, just, it was very good. All right. Okay. Well, uh, lots to, um, lots to, you know, lots, lots to dissect here. The uh, rest of this movie is really, really bad. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> just, okay. yeah, very, very, very negative thoughts about. So uh, if it had an unhappy ending, Diego would love it. Yeah. All right. Contact info. Here's, okay. Here's, we'll do a question answer sack. You give me a prompt. I will answer it. I'll give you a prompt. You answer it. Ready? Three, two, one. I want to Twitter you at Earful of. I want to email you. Staff at Earful of. It's set up. It's now set up. We're good. Yeah. I want to go to your website. Earfulof.com. Great. Great. Very good. Wow. Very good. Very good. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Wow. All right. That keeps going. Good. Good. It's good contact info. It is. It's good. It's good to you know to know for folks to know how to get in touch. I agree. <laughs> yes, I would prefer the movie if they both died honestly. Like the movie Candy Man, 1992. Or the movie College, Buster Keaton. I love the ending to that. Just a surprise uh, ending. We're, uh, yeah. yeah. All but, right. Uh, you know, it's uh, great to have guests here. You know, I, th- I love connecting with people. I love connecting with people over the internet. I love connecting with people on medium. chat rooms. Yep. Wire well, Club, wellsfargo.com. My <laughs> yeah. I, I, online banking with friends, <laughs> so good. But nothing beats email. 
nothing beats email. Email is truly how people meet. What you do with but what email, you do with this email is up, up to you. you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Get on the desk, drop my list, you just an intruder. You're out of the computer. I didn't abuse you, I didn't shoot you, I just took you out of the computer. And I turned my head and I said, You couldn't be cuter, but you're out of the computer. Because you're the world's worst blacker. Sky for you were my lover, but you made me suffer when you became the world's greatest surfer.